Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. And it's a who says no. That's right. We've got Patty in the building, Patty Brown. We've got Samuel looking so. I don't even know how to describe you, Sanguine. You're looking pretty happy there for after loss like that um and then we got gordo in the house as well boston sports gordo i wish things were better i know how things could be better though if we all just mcfarland it's the only thing McFarlane? going mcfarland that was too much of a question pat yeah sorry that's supposed to be like a mcfarland oh mcfarland yeah of course mcfarland yeah. not like a mcfarland um, I'm going to give this like five seconds, give the sponsor some time. That didn't make me feel better. No, no, I've, um, I, I'm, I've, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but this may be the year. Good for you. Just ripping heaters outside Bill's I'm bar. Start talking like this. How else can you enjoy these Red Sox games? Uh, yeah. I mean, like everything stinks. We're back. I don't even. I would say it's back to mid socks. I remember Mr. Samuel Hurt. You were telling me don't use the mid socks. No, no, do do use the mid socks. No, but I you, think I said who. I think I said, that, said who? don't use mid socks. I, I told you to retire it, but it's definitely. I mean, I I think it was time to unretire that thing. Like at least a week ago, we're definitely I mean, mid socks now. I would it say a week ago, I was hovering 30, 30. at like, I might slap this back on my hand. Like, it's the plexi or oh, we're back. Was it flex seal? <laughs> like, the hand's flex winding seal. up. I've got the tape in my hand. The, the hand's winding up. I'm about to hit mid socks back on that. The What's hand is now mean? firmly on that tank. Pat, there, there's Pat no water coming out. It is Pat the mid socks. How could you not be the mid socks? They're 30 and 30. <laughs> it's the most mid. Yeah. That's the <laughs> definition. And I. It, I had shout out shout out TC. I love Tom Karen. He hit me with like the above five hundred like about a week ago, and it's just I love Tom Karen. I love the crusade he's on. I'm all about the positivity, but we can't be doing the we're above five hundred if we're only above five hundred by like point oh three. I can't, I like can't stand can't be doing when that. anyone is overly positive or negative. I feel like it would be a better world if we were all just measured. And called it how it is instead of having a narrative. I'm not calling out Tom Karen, by the way. Love Tom Karen. I'm just saying. It sounds like you hate that Tom Karen. That is a Karen. wildly good take. That is like a, that is, I don't, I don't know why, like that, that is like the perfect statement. I've never thought of it before, but like, holy Dude, crap, that's so perfect. <laughs> if people could just, oh my God. Do a TED yeah, talk. Sammy, put, TED put, talk. Your, put your Venmo out there. Let people uh, send you no, some it's just like I, I, I don't understand why we can't just stick. You don't have to be like set in the middle but like when the team is playing like crap you're allowed to say they're playing like crap it's been brutal to watch i don't know if anyone's had fun the only fun thing about this team right now two things watching bayo pitch who was you know he was fine today got bad bipped a little bit and yoshida other than that it's been brutal uh, well wait yes. sorry connor wong i love connor. justin turner hit a home run today turner's been good or yesterday i got some turner takes they're not original turner takes I think we all have got some Turner I got some, takes. I got some big takes. I, I think we're all sitting on that. But realistically, I think I think Monday's game, the Friday makeup, a little Friday special with a, a, a paid attendance of 30,000 at the park for a 4 o'clock Monday game in the rain. Um, 
that should they had so many opportunities to make that like a series split. And I think if you leave that series with a series split, you're feeling a whole you're feeling completely different than oh, how God. you're feeling right now. Yeah. Cause now the narrative is like, all right, they can hang a little bit with the Rays. They can capitalize on maybe some mistakes that Rays pitching will give you, which is you don't get those opportunities much, but when you have runners on base in scoring position and you just squander them each and every time, you're not going to be a winning ball club that way. And you're going to get to the point where they're going to be at the deadline. And we're now thinking that way of who but, are you but selling? Even Coop, to, so, to piggyback off of that, let's take another step back. How, and pardon my French, how shitty is it to be following a team where you, where you got a four-game series and I'm pretty sure 99% of us, of Red Sox fans, would have been psyched with a split. The fact that that's where we begin this series, that in and of itself sucks. And I know that this is kind of what we expected, but my God, it's a long season. And it's just brutal to follow at some points, especially, and I would say more so than when the pitching falters, when the offense falters and they just can't get anything going. I mean, at least if they can hit a little bit, you're like, oh, X, Y, Z, they're all doing well. But when they don't hit at all, it's like, what do you even talk about? What do you have to look forward to? What do you, what do you hang your hat on? Because you can't, you can't same the, you can't pound the same narrative every time of like, oh, the pitching needs to get better. Because it's kind of like, well, the pitching gave you that opportunity there. Yeah, pitching's been giving them opportunities for weeks. Like, do you guys remember in the first three weeks of the season when the pitching would get you down in the first inning right away? But we knew that that offense was going to hit, and they would come back and they would make it a game every single time. And just today, today it's evaporated. McClanahan walks two in the first inning, and Devers is up. And I don't know about you guys, but I I wasn't expecting no. them to score there. Oh like no! That, I mean, Devers was hitless at that point. He got his first hit against the Rays this today or yesterday, I should say, the last game of the series. He, up until that point, he was over twenty two. I think. Yeah, it's just frustrating, man. It's like, what do we even? What did we expect in this series? What did you guys think they were going to do? I and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like pump my own tires i thought they'd win one out of three or one out of four and that's what they did and that Same. sucks i wish i was wrong i Same. thought go i thought going in split was possible and maybe even likely but then once the rainout happened and mcclanahan got pushed into the series yeah. i knew it was going to be three one i knew it was gonna it be was like it was like a it was like a it was a great and bad because the 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 rainout allowed the bullpen to rest which i was my original reasoning for probably thinking you know take one out of four but then of course it leads to McClanahan and you know we're not touching McClanahan that guy like he, he never lets up more than two runs in a start and you know this offense has been it's been the offense for what three or the better part of a month at this point like as, you as knew, Cora you know wasn't happening. said Sunday night the roster is the roster like that's yeah it, it who do you mix and match at this point I mean Rob Ref Snyder gives you a little bit of life he he did a great job coming into the lead off but it's like even he's incredibly flawed he's great at what he does but you can't convert those hits crushes lefties he can hit the right-handed changeup. but if you get like a a solid right-hander and he becomes a below average hitter it's just so difficult and i'm not blaming cora but it's so difficult to put these guys in the right position to succeed when so many of them are just not clicking like who do we the red sox offense has been so bad tristan cosmic is one of the most productive guys right now. And he's got an OPS under 700 on the year. And that's like that's how far we're reaching for positives right now. And I really like Casas, and I think he'll be fine. But he's not really hot right now, and he's your fourth most productive guy over the last month. What is that? The Casas the discourse is maddening. Oh, my God. Have you guys been re- reading these tweets and like listening to the broadcasts so, and stuff on the – like, Gordo, because I, I was at the game yesterday – Oh yeah, you were at the game. So this is something that I pointed out on Twitter like five days ago. I know I like it felt I noticed that it felt like every time Casas was at the plate, Dave O'Brien would point out his batting average and say this guy needs to get going. Even when he was playing well for a brief period of time in May, like he was he was looking really good. And we were talking about how he was one of the best hitters on the team at the time, and and OB saying he needs to get going. And I was like, okay, like come on. And, and, you know, after a while, it's like, oh, my God, does this guy just, like, hate Casas? And the thing that got pointed out on Twitter is he Casas wasn't even yeah. at the plate. He Like, I, I don't even know who was hitting. And they were talking about 
him in terms of his batting average. And then they started like it was it was O'Brien and Uke, and they started kind of poo pooing the advanced metrics. And like one of them said, you know, like I think it was O'Brien said, you know, there's the expected stats, and then there's you know the actual stats, like what actually happens. And that that pissed a lot of people off. I like I don't. There's going to be people that love and hate analytics. Like it is what it is. But Costas's June has been to this point better than his May, which was yeah. better than his April. And we've seen tons of rookies struggle out the gate. Like there's rookies all across. Like Gunnar Henderson is struggling. Anthony Volpe is struggling. We we've even seen it ourselves. Like tons of Sox players have come up and struggled. Do you guys remember like Xander and Mookie when when they came up? Like they weren't terrible. But they weren't. sucked when he came up. Oh God, yeah. There's the best example of them all. Like, we've seen this a million times. So, like, I just, I don't know. I've, I've, I've detected an unnecessary amount of hate for Tristan Casas from the broadcast, and it's, and it's caused a lot of people on Twitter to just shit talk back and forth about it, and it's maddening to me. So I, really I think, think it's, the, I think it's a yeah. lot deeper than that. I think it's people like not agreeing on competing versus building. Like, I think that's like the heart of that whole argument. It's people that want to see success this year, no matter what, compared to people, you know, like Gordo, you just explained where you're seeing progress out of a player and it's kind of like, well, can he finally put it all together in the month of June or are we going to have to still hold off until August and keep saying, well, August was better than July and his July was better than June and his June was better yeah. than May, but he's still like batting below th- you know, two fifty. Or he's not really that. That batting average is never going to come up because yeah, April that, was that. I, I had this. But like, the, like we talk about this. Like, are the Yankees not competing because they're sticking it out with Anthony Volpe? Like, they're they're playing well. The Orioles have a great record. They're sticking it out with Gunner. Like, what, are we the only team that's not allowed? Yeah, but the to difference like, is that like, the, the, the Yankees are built to compete. Yeah. Like, that's the that's main the difference. Thing is, we're is not that, like this. Sox are not. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying here is just like it's not the argument I don't really think is like Cassis, which I think it's unfair that he's become kind of like the paper tiger to this argument. It's the root argument of like, do you want ownership to compete this year and every year, like at all costs, just like if you can spend a one year contract on like billion, like just get a bunch of like Trevor Bauer type guys on both defense and offense. And that's how I want to build my team, which is unrealistic and will never happen because you can't build a fantasy mm-hmm. team that way with a ball club that way. So it's it, the argument is just, do you want to build or do you want to compete? Like that it's flat out what yeah. that is. Like or at least I'm trying, I'm sick of it. That's why I stay away try. from it. I never see the Cassis arguments because I, that's where I know it is. It's, it's people just to argue like they're arguing. Coop, for the I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I don't think it's, do you want to build or do you want to compete? There is no team that can compete without building. Look at the Padres. They spent all the money in the world. They got rid of all their prospects. They stink. Look at like all these. Teams. We're arguing the same thing. This is this is the thing that I'm talking about. It's like it's the philosophy of it. It's do you? We've like, done I'm it not too. Saying I agree with either yeah. or. I'm just pointing out that like there's a philosophy of like you have to build to compete, which I I yeah. more so agree with. I do think like there's certain markets where you can do the whole like shit has hit the fan. We need to do something to retain some of our like fan like around the league. That was 2013. And then you also have instances where you can build 2018. Like 2018 was building to the point of, all right, we can spend on big guys mm-hmm. to now compete. Like that is what we, I will I, say, we all say. I will say too, one thing that hasn't or didn't help Casas was the announcement today that Story might come back as a DH. Because that has now turned into, oh, finally, they're taking Casas out of the lineup. Turner's going to go to first, Story DH. Like that's not Art Turner at first base happen. every day. He missed two games because he played the field multiple nights. He's thirty-eight years old. You got a platoon. That's I, I don't understand people. They're like, oh, you're 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 shorting Turner if you don't want him starting over Casas. No, I'm not. He's almost forty. He can't be out there every night for two and a half hours on his feet. You paid him a lot of money, but you didn't pay him to be an He's, everyday starter. Yes, like, that's just. You paid, a, you paid a price tag for a premium premium player that can't be He's an everyday not starter. Your future either. And the He's other, not, and this the team other thing too is winning the World Series. What's the point of playing him every day? Let your young guy develop. It's just like over and over the same conversations, and it's not even complicated. If the guy's not part of your future and you're not a contender, why are you prioritizing him? It makes no sense. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. So, I, oh, Pat, get, get that last point in. No, I was going to say, too, people, like, the way that was interpreted is, they, like, pass is going out of the lineup, turn it up first, and then story the agent. Story's going from 150 feet right now. It will yeah. be for, what, two weeks? It's not, like, how will that like, work? Finally. How will it work? So if he comes back in DHs, like, he's going to need game action at shortstop, or, or if they're going to make him second base, then that, but probably shortstop. He's going to need Just game action. Reps. So are they, if he, so yeah, like, what are, what are they going to do with Bryce? Because well, Bryce, they, then they like would Bryce like, is going to go on a minor league stint. He's going to keep playing. It's going to be, but no, like, I, I think what will happen weird. is he'll come up, he'll get, obviously he'll get, batting looks and he'll keep rehabbing pregame taking the io and then once he is like back to like natural over there they'll just plug him in i, I think that's what they're gonna have to do especially if they plan on bringing him back to dh i mean pat if with with your with your expert opinion the injury that he has ramping back up what might that look like let's put that education to test real quick I mean, if he's starting from 150 feet, he's not far along. Or he's not far away, sorry. So what you're telling me is that to get back into game ready, a professional shortstop that has been a professional shortstop for years won't be a concern, and I won't have to listen to people bicker about whether he's starting too early and we're going to jeopardize him? Is that what you were telling me? I just want to clear the air right now. Who cares if who cares if it's a concern? It's still because so, I don't want to deal. I need so, to prep myself. I no, need no, to no. know what's going to be the headlines on like Twitter <laughs> and everything, so I can like just mute it. So there's there's a difference because I don't I didn't really see the full thing. I just saw the the note of 150 feet. There's a difference between long toss at 150 feet, which he might be doing. I'm assuming that's probably where he's at right now. And there's a big difference between being from stationary planted, throwing 150 feet long toss to then making range plays, running across the field, cross body, sidearm, flipping. That If it's just long toss, he's probably four weeks away, Ooh. five weeks away from being able to fully okay. play short. But we're talking okay. about That's short stop now. If he's if he and like it's so hard to to tell this without with all the limited information with that we have, but if they're gonna bring him back as a DH, like Bryce Harper has been back for probably almost a month, and he has not gone back into the field. So in theory, if they were gonna consider bringing Story back as a DH only, like how long? What two weeks? No, no, no. It's so Bryce had a full Tommy John, right? And Story Story, Story had, the, had the, the stint. So the way it works is the full Tommy John, they actually go in and operate on it, like in the elbow. Stories essentially is a stint that they put along the UCL. And it essentially the UCL more or less grows through it to like brace yeah. it and prevent it. Stories healing time in terms of throwing is oh, three quarters to a half less than Bryce. Bryce won't be able to throw likely until August, mm. September. 
Story should be able. Story is throwing and should be able to in game month month and a half. So, but what's preventing him from from swinging? Like, what? I'm trying to figure out what what a realistic timeline for DH only Trevor Story would be. I don't know. I feel like they're going to take oh, it really just, carefully. But like in theory, from what you're saying, it sounds like a two week span. That is what I'm picking up. I would imagine it would be longer than that, though. So the other thing too, so it's his right know, elbow. Knowledge a, about this stuff, righty, righty, righty. Yeah. So the swing isn't affected by the UCL. That being said, turning over, yeah. But th- that being said, that's why Bryce is back because if he can just get hacks in, he can worry about the throwing later. Right. Where story, it's all right. You cannot throw at all right now. We're building up, building up, building up. And then if they want to bring him back as a DH, all he needs to do is just hop in a cage. Because if he's throwing from 150 feet, he's cleared to swing. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking like BP speed, BP now. All it takes is just repetitive swings, repetitive swings, then ramping it up to like games. And Harper's also, yeah. So they could really just do this whenever they wanted to. Yeah. Now it's to the point where it's like, okay, his throw's progressing well enough. Let's go to the swing. Because the swing is way less of a concern than the throwing. Swinging will be easy to get him back into where throwing it's like, there's like a full like tens program, like here and then here and then here and then here and then here. Right. Swinging. It's pretty much just feel like, can you turn it over? Can you swing through whatever? And then you just build up like dry hacks off a tee, slow BP, fast pitch. And then I also feel like the, uh, the Phillies have the luxury of, um, Harper's not at a premium position like Story is, so we can bring him back much yeah, sooner no. and have someone fill in. What is he? Right field generally, yeah. right, left, corner outfield. That's much middle infield. Right, so yeah. And the other thing with, with that too is they also have the luxury of they their their lineup sucks. So plugging him into DH is a, like a luxury. Where like with Story, it's like we realistically right now we don't have a shortstop on the roster. At this point, you would much rather have a shortstop who can come back and take over the spot and hit as opposed to DH. Pos- but the offense is so bad right now. Positive from the weekend real quick, mm-hmm. not to cut you off there. Kike looked good in the outfield. <laughs> I was howling when he made that it's first awesome. catch. Almost I like was, he belongs there. It's great. Howling. By the way, uh, while we're talking about shortstop, before none of you guys, but before anyone listening even suggests it, Marcelo Meyer got three hits yesterday. No. No, 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 no. Not until next year at the earliest. No. Thank you. I don't want to see him. I Keep him down at double A for the rest I, of the I, year. I don't I, care. I don't even think it's like a 0.1% chance. Like, I think it's less than a 0.1% chance that you would, you, like, they would, that they would even talk about it. They're going to take him I, so slowly. Can I just put a seal on this? Just, like, just so no one can touch this statement or this, like, whole topic yeah. again. You don't know ball if you think... He should be pulled up. Yeah, like you just don't know yeah. ball. You're, Even if he's your dope, he's it's a good way to put it. If he's hitting five hundred in double A, I still don't know if I'd bring him up to triple A this year. Like it's like, what's the point? He's yeah. not coming up to the majors this year. Let him cook in double A next year. If he's hot, you bring him up for two minutes to triple A, like they did with Rafi. Just give him a little taste. And as long as he can handle it, then you bring him up. But we're not even close. So I don't. I saw that yesterday, and I was like, that's awesome. But oh my god, I don't want to hear it. Not yet. He made a nice, yeah, no, he made I a nice play at shortstop too. Yeah. I don't know if anyone. Oh yeah, he did. That looked good. I saw that. That looked oh, great. So but I would. I would. Quick. I would finish the year double A. If all goes according to plan, he plays well. Hits like whatever over two seventy, whatever. Maybe starting in double A next year, kind of like he did this year in single A. He's there for like 25, 30 games. Yeah. Triple A, get a taste. I think next summer is like the earliest. The absolute, and that's if he starts so, in AAA I'm, next year. Realistically, probably I'm usually pretty conservative with prospects, but like as you guys know, this is far from your average prospect. I think he could be like a mid-year 2024 guy. Like he's a legitimate freak of nature. Like this yeah. is not. This is not. That's why Sedan yeah. Rafaela, who we really like, he's got good upside. He does things well. This is the fifth-ranked prospect in the world, and he's younger than everyone he's playing against. So. We have some breaking news. Oh. Some break. 
The Red Sox are calling up Chris Murphy oh. to make a start this week in Cleveland. I, I, okay. I should have tweeted that. I, I predicted this was going to happen in the conversation with a friend. Damn, I missed opportunity. Well, the, they just had him coming out of the pen. So what is it going to be like? His numbers? I mean, he's probably not going to go more than three innings, good, right? But he's been he's yeah. been a lot better lately. He was good out of the pen. Was he? Has he only had the one outing out of the pen? Was that it? Or, or was there one more that I missed? I mean, you could probably let him eat a little bit in Cleveland, no? Unless he gets eaten. Yeah. Wait, so who's, who's not? There, there's who's like, they're, they're a weird team. Like, I feel like we've always been like, we're kind of like transfixed on the AL East because of how like dominant it is. The they're AL, not that. They can't the really. The AL Central's weird. Just, if you just stay away from Jose Ramirez, like you can. Yeah. I, I don't know about. about non-major league pitchers but most major league pitchers can maneuver that lineup as long as you just steer clear j-ram that's all you gotta do who's lined up I'm for Cleveland right now we're oh, good guys oh art for our yeah, no, no, no. one two three of course. of course mcclanahan and bieber i know bieber's having a down year but still jesus um all right so tomorrow we do miss uh tristan mckenzie though you got, yeah he big killed packs it. big packs versus bieber i think it's Whitlock. Oh, we got we got TBD Wednesday. TBD and TBD. That's gonna be that's gonna be Murphy. Oh, I'm very excited about TBD. He's been. I'm pretty sure Catillo tweeted. It was Whitlock, Paxson, and How in some order. I think they're pushing. I think they might be pushing that back to fit Murphy in. Oh, true, Murphy now. Yeah. Also, Whitlock. So who was Saturday? Whitlock was first, right? What? Three days, two days off. Hey. I feel like that's not great. So, uh, didn't Willock pitch yesterday? I don't even know. Everything's a blur. Yes, man. everything is a blur with this team. I have a question Dude. for you guys. I might, might be. Uh, it's a big. I might be crazy. Does Whitlock's motion look different? No, Hauk pitched Sunday. Oh, Whitlock was the right. first one of the doubleheader. Right. Yeah, that's what it was. All right. Stop confusing. Did you guys hear me. my weird question? Uh, did you notice Whitlock's? Delivery looked slightly different, like more upright, almost a little slow. Yeah, it's more, it's more bending over the top back than he's further, been like slightly more than you, or not further, but like different. Or it, something looks different about it. I, the last two starts, I've been like, what is something looks different? And I know he's throwing his change up more, so maybe it's that. But yeah, maybe it has but he looks to do different, with that. And not in a bad way. He's been solid, so we'll take it. You calling him? He's ugly. Like, oh shit. <laughs> He's very, oh, very no, good thanks. signer. He's, he's just condensing sign himself. Fluent a little in signing. Actually, Coop, I saw it on your account. So that's dude, dude. I saw that. That was awesome. He's yeah, a good Coop, dude. You, Jimmy you really captain. Dude, straight what, up what cooks in the sign language. You bringing up him being a little bit more upright made me think to, I believe it was Friday. I was at the park a little early and they had Bayo. And I didn't really think to know, like look for it today, but he was practicing with like a restraining uh, harness. And it was kind of like they were really focusing on like his breakaway point and trying to like make sure that I don't know that he was like either more balanced or that he was coming off like a little bit harder off the mound um, while staying upright. So I don't maybe that's like a shift that they're taking. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'll have to look for it or I'll have to look back at it today. That should be sent you to the park. Maybe send you to the park so early from now he on. He has a lot of um get you has got a lot of um Pat, you might have a word for it, like rotational movement when he throws a pitch, like he loops a lot. So it's easy to balance when you're like swing. Yeah. This was an issue that I had when I pitched in high school is I'd swing my arm back too much. It would throw me off balance. So possibly maybe they're working on his like core strength or something or hips, something like that to keep him balanced while he's swinging his arm around like that. I'm a doctor too. It's easy. Yeah. It's probably a lot. The other thing too is just because he's had a lot of arm issues, that could just be even more momentum getting under his back leg for the push off, as opposed to like not winding up and then putting yeah. all that on the arm. So the further you go back, it's just loading up for a push forward, just easier on the arm. Totally, more I totally agree. Yes, basic kinematics. So to get through all this ligament talk, because I I'm fully understanding all of it. Um, I want to touch upon something that we got to real quick, and then we got sidetracked by Trevor's story. Um, we brought up JT and 
his value. And I'm curious to know what big pieces would you guys want to move at the deadline if things continue the the way that things are heading. I putting this on a tee. We were talking about this earlier, and I think we're all in agreement. And Sammy, you had mentioned that you had a take on Justin Turner, so I think I'm gonna just let you. I don't know if this is the take well, that you had, but I'm gonna let you cook first. Well, what would you do for a trade? Who would you bring in? We're doing, we're tossing it back to the off season. We're doing some trades here. Who would you bring in? Who are you? Who would I bring of? in? That's tough. But let me tell you who I'd get rid of, and maybe I'll think of something, or someone will think of something. I have three guys in mind. Let's call it two and a half, because two I feel strongly about. One, I'm two, two and, and a half, half men. Men, men, men. And number one, I got dragged for this a few weeks ago. Um, James Paxton. He's going to be 35 years old in a few months. He has a hellacious injury history, so he could be gone at any moment. He's still very good, looks great for the Red Sox, but chances are he is not part of the future. Why does that matter? If he's not part of the future, what are we doing? Did we learn our lesson last year with J.D. Martinez and Nate Evaldi, who both left for almost nothing, a draft pick? Congratulations. How are they doing? <clears throat> not talking about that. Um, uh, what we are talking mm. about, though, May I? James May Paxton. I. And I know that the market last year at the deadline wasn't incredible. And that's why those two aforementioned names uh, did not get dealt. But that doesn't mean that's going to be what the market looks like this year. And for a team that's a contender, someone like the Orioles or the Phillies, a team like that, a team that can hit but lacks pitching, how attractive is a veteran left-hander who's pumping 98 miles an hour for six innings? That's got to sound great. So that's one guy I think could be dealt. I don't know what you guys think. I know that the general public thought that was a terrible idea. And I get why. I get it. If they're contending, why would you trade them? I just don't. I think yeah. it was just the timing of that it. Was, I think was, that was yeah. the only because, like, I think if the Sox are out of it, everyone will universally like agree that Paxton is probably the first. Yeah, guy and that you needs could get traded. People if they're, can if they're not it all in. day and be like, "Well, at the time they were contending," but the point of the take was, I thought they were overachieving, and like right now, I think they're underachieving. I think they're somewhere in between, you know, a month ago and today. But are they a World Series team? Does anyone 500. really genuinely think this team can make a deep no. run? Who's pitching game one? Sale? Awesome. Game two, and, Paxton? And then what? If one of those guys falters, you're dead. You've got a shot. Yeah. Bayo. So Paxton, I think, is a great trade uh, candidate at the deadline. Not now, obviously. Although in recent years, guys have been going earlier. The other one, as we spoke about, Justin Turner, 38 years old, still very talented. Another guy who's not part of the future who could play multiple positions and still hit. And the last guy, this one's kind of weird, is Adam Duvall. Another guy in a one-year deal, still talented, mid-30s. Maybe they bring him back next year for the che- uh, on the cheap. Remains to be seen. Uh, a lot of factors at play there. But he's another guy. If he comes back off the aisle and he's hitting well, you could flip him for something. So those are my three guys. Would love to hear what you guys think. I want to push back on one. Mm-hmm. I And you made it, you kind of made it seem like Duvall was your, of the three, was your mm-hmm. least likely to get traded. I'm going to, I'm going to change that up. I think Justin Turner is the least likely to get traded because yes, I, I agree with you. He's not part of the future, but they're trying to, build a culture here like they're trying to shift this culture and a big part of that was bringing him in and i definitely think that his presence is important as young guys come up as a guy like tristan casas tries to work through things like jaron duran when he was at his best gave justin turner a lot of props for helping him through some things his, his presence means a lot, and he he's producing, and he's certainly not going to retire at the end of the year. I don't think he's going to be great or anything next year at, in his age 39 season, but he can produce, and he can be a presence in that locker room, whereas Adam Duvall, he, in his, what was it, eight games, he was spectacular, but at the same time, he plays center field where there's a good chance that the Red Sox are going to want one of Jaron Duran or Sedan Rafaela playing that position next year. I I definitely see James Paxton and Duvall as the top two trade candidates if the Sox are not at least 
several games above 500 at the deadline. Like, think about it right now. We're 500 and what is it? Five and a half back yeah. of a playoff spot. So if they're 500 in a month, if they're 500 in two months, whatever, like they're going to be 10 games out. Like you got to be a lot better than 500 to be buyers at this point. So if that doesn't happen, those two guys are the ones that I would consider trading first. And I would approach Justin Turner about trying to work through something with that option that's probably not getting picked up just for, I forget, I forget, but I just remember when he signed the contract, we all thought there was no chance that option's getting picked up. So work through something, see if he would come back next year. He seems to like it here. Like if you want him here, he wants to be here, get that worked out. And if you can't get it worked out, then you trade him. Totally fair. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I think the culture is important. We've said it a million times. Vibes matter. Last year, the vibes were in the gutter. This year, even though they're in a skid right now, it doesn't feel like the vibes are awful. They're definitely not good, but it's not like last year. I hear you. Not what they were. I think the difference is like you don't have the looming culture yeah. shift. No- like I think like the yeah. writing was on the wall at the end of last year of, well, every everyone's kind of going to pretty much leave and there's only going to be young guys here left and it's going to be scraps. So I like, I don't think I like, I'm not buying the whole Justin Turner thing, Gordo. Uh, As nice as it would be. I, I think if anything, this ownership has taught us that they really don't give a damn about the culture. Like, you know, you're not sending Brock Holt away. Well, at that point you weren't, you weren't trying to rebuild, but Brock Holt means a lot for your, uh, your clubhouse. Christian Vasquez meant a lot for that clubhouse. Like, you aren't making those deals if you value clubhouse atmosphere. So I, as I nice as that would be, and as too. much as I agree, I don't push think, back on like, that too, Coop. I think back. they wanted. I think they wanted a shift in the clubhouse. It doesn't mean that those guys like Xander Bogarts and Christian Vasquez and Nate Evaldi and Rich Hill and Kevin Ploiecki or whatever it doesn't mean that those guys are bad guys. Like I think everyone would agree that they were all you know they were all good guys, but I think that. You know, they they say it with coaching a lot. Like, voices just go stale. Like, I thought it was pretty clear based off of the moves they made this offseason that they wanted turnover in yeah. the locker room. Like, that was that was a priority, it felt like to me. So, I don't... Like, that's not... That's not good. Like, Justin Turner's voice is not going stale in a year. Like, Xander's presence was clearly not the same last year as it was before. And maybe a lot of that had to do with the contract. I think we all agree yeah. on that, but... Like the present, like Justin Turner has helped a lot of guys here. And I think a lot of them, if given the opportunity, would say so. I think you can be helpful and you can be a coach, but you can also not have as much influence as you think you might have. Like, I I don't think like they're as close as they all, like it's, they've been together for not even a full year. I don't think they're that attached to Justin. You have to consider that Turner's resume is that of a leader. Yeah, he's got a better resume oh, than Kike. So. And if Kike goes, then you're losing both? <laughs> you're losing both leaders? Um, hey, what are we? Ah! That's the thing. Like, I would side with you on this one thing, and I think the game, like Monday's game, um, might have might be giving this guy a slight hope. If they can get Trevor Story to start getting some reps before the deadline, and Kike Hernandez can go back to playing the outfield and looking like an actual defender... Uh, and his back can maybe heat up a little bit more to keep him in the lineup. I think he becomes a very nice trade piece, and I think that would do him Kike? very well. That is my piece on it. Yeah, yes. that, uh, like right now, right now you're having to sell off his contract. Like no one's no one's picking him up, but I think he you can theoretically get him to a point where you're not taking a loss on that remaining year or the last like kind of like gamble that you took on him this past year. Coop, I kind of agree with you there. Like my my leadership argument with Turner, I think works because he produces. Like he's not what he was, but he's still like a definitely a good player. Kike when he's in center Kike field, has he, the, he has the clubhouse. There, he, I can tell you that right now. He, he has the clubhouse. He's the first one out of the dugout. Hit. He's Yeah. He doesn't hit. Like there and like you said, like eventually, like you fall on deaf air, oh, ears, and it's like guys. Xander Bogarts might have fallen on deaf ears because he was, you know, rich man crying <laughs> about rich problems. So he's not gonna, he's not gonna get those younger guys. But when you start having Kike Hernandez, who's supposed to be the heartbeat of that locker room, and he's not hitting, it's kind of like, well, I guess we're gonna turn to Verdugo because he's the next most senior guy that everyone can kind of talk to and can actually look to as like an inspiration of 
what you can be for this line. Um, by the way, so, okay. I hear what you guys are saying about potentially bringing Turner back. Uh, he's still producing. He's got good vibes and everything and a resume of a leader, but he's also closer to 39 than 38. Next year, he'll be closer to 40 than 39. Like where, where what is, that's how, where, yeah, yeah. Works. Like I've just figured out time. Where does he fit though? If you keep him, cause he's not going to start. I fit, I really hope not that Turner's not doing well, but I really hope that they upgrade DH slash outfield and get someone to rotate with uh, Yoshida and again, I like Turner. I like what he's doing. But if we want to contend, you unless you have a 2018 Red Sox team where you're surrounding your Moreland slash Pierce with superstars, I don't love Turner batting third on a contender. Would like a little more of an improvement there. Like, where does he fit? And is he going to be Definitely. a bench guy? Like he, like we talked about earlier, missed two games a few weeks ago because he was playing the field two nights in a row, and that's not his fault. He's been in the league forever. He's played how many games? <laughs> he's he's played 5,388 games. He's been around for a long time. That's a few. So like, it, it's... Hey, maybe the Dodgers pick up our scraps like they keep doing. Maybe they take them back. Let's get Nick Puto back, back Wait, here, what? baby. Let's go. He's played 5,000 Five. games? That's a lot. That can't be right. Yeah, because he hit oh, his 10-year mark. Like, years. Like, it's 50 <laughs> years. Did I say games? I'm saying... He's played 5,388 yeah. at bat. Sorry, he's played like over a thousand games. Did I say games? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. at bats. Like, point being, dude's dude's red beard has fully turned white. Point being, <laughs> he's been in the league since 2009. The last when he was a rookie, the Yankees won the World Series. That's how long he's been in the league for. So he was a so people forget. It, it kind of a weird fit and again i don't want people to think i'm not liking turner i think he's awesome and he's like actually a leader but like where do you put him if he, i would i don't love the idea of him as the starting dh next year and he definitely can't start in the field as we've seen so what do you do we break his leg like pedroia and he just becomes you break like a his leg coach. dude you read my mind you break his leg and he'll teach yeah. your young pitcher a changeup. <laughs> There it yeah. is. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. It takes takes up a roster spot, but you know, no, that's a fair argument. Like, but it's also kind of uh, so you sell off the both of them. I'd sell off those all three. I kind of like, and this is not a good thing, but I kind of like. I look at it a little robotically, which I should have learned my lesson from last year. But like, if you're not going to be here next year, why? Why, why are we doing it? I'm going to make you feel better about this. You're not feeling robotic. You're just, you're taking a lot of stake in the young guys and you want to root yeah. for them. Yeah. And, Boom. And, and all Spin zone. But like I, that, it, it is like an accurate thing. And I don't think it's a robotic, it's not a robotic like emotion either. Because like I said, like Justin Turner, just as he might not have that much of a connection with the clubhouse because he only has been here for less than a year. It's not, it's not like he's that attached to the city and the city's not too attached to him. No. He's a nice guy. Would love to see him around longer. Would have loved to see him earlier in his career, though, just because, like you said, like I, I'm not comfortable with him batting DH and taking up a slot. Yeah, if he's year. if he's you know if it were another bridge year, I would feel differently. But it's, it's not right a back. bridge year next year. <laughs> the sequel. My other point is not even looking that far ahead. When story comes back. And Duvall comes back. What does the lineup look like? Is Kike utility? Oh, yeah. Bench? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Has to be, right? Hit the bench, yeah. play a couple times a week. But then the other thing is, who do you prefer at second? Arroyo. Kike or Arroyo? Arroyo. Arroyo. Arroyo's defense uh, has been like yeah, puttering his good. last couple of like attempts. By the way, welcome but back. He put on a display like. Well, oh well, double, yeah, double off of McClanahan. Nice, yeah. Nice. yeah. I'll take it. It was still. Yeah, I like Arroyo for some reason. He just seems like right. a. I don't know. No, Arroyo's a good dude, but and like that's the thing is like as I was saying, like he up until like last year when he really kind of I don't know what happened. Like he really like tripped and then fell flat on his face with his defense. But up until then, he had some of the like the most solid defense at second base in the American League, and it went way underrated. Also. Cora's Cora's quote from last year about how we have the most 
white guys from Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see Arroyo, I think of that. Dude, Cora is so funny. He, I feel like he, I feel like Cora behind doors is hilarious. And I would love to like grab a no, beer with the guy. My Cora's God, so funny. But yeah. Uh, any other trades on the table? Any objections to the Paxton trade? I mean, I, I like, I legitimately think you could get a solid no. return. No, no, <laughs> it's kind of sad. The how return is not. I know. Oh, yeah, it's is, obvious. Yeah. What? what you his got, contract. His contract is a. Remember when we flipped Lackey in fourteen? Oh that, yeah, it's uh, the same thing. They had, there was that option that if he got Tommy John during the contract, he I think he literally played that season for seven hundred fifty grand. Yeah, he did. So they flipped huh. him. Yeah, they flipped him. Paxson's on a what? Three, four year, four million dollar deal. Yeah, four mil. At the deadline, which will be like which two, will be less than two mil by the deadline. Yeah, you're play, you're paying less than two million for two months of a three or four starter. That's a legit piece at a very low cost finance wise. You can get a great return for that. We got Joe Kelly and Alan Craig for two months of John Lackey. Yeah. I mean, look at, how about this? What a time. Texas, the Rangers. The Rangers have never won the World Series. They look unbelievable, but they've got, DeGrom just got put on the 60-day IL today. Avaldi's hurt all the time. Do you really trust Heaney and Perez to start those first few games of the playoffs? You got John Gray. That's a team that if they're in need, they would give you a lot for someone like James Paxton because this is their shot. They've never won. Is someone like Perez is going to hit August and fall on his face. As much as I like him, he's going to hit August Paxton? and fall on his face. That's I don't just... think that I don't think they can get as much for him as you guys. I don't. You think guys it's going to be saying. a lot. I'm just like, like a piece. The way we're think about what no, we're yeah. talking. Like we're we're all talking about how we know he's gonna he's gonna get yeah. hurt. He's yeah. been hurt for years. You don't know like as we get later in the season if the arm's going to hold up. Like, but that that being said, for a couple of months of Christian Vasquez. They got two legitimate pieces for Jake Diekman. They got a catcher who we universally pretty much like, like they may not get a guy who's going to be on like top hundred prospects yeah. list for half a season, yeah. the Paxton, but they'll be able to get like a guy that Hyman, the gang thinks is semi intriguing. They might be able Say to get a couple of about them. Hein Bloom, like his in- signings and everything. But one thing he has done very well consistently Trade market. I, I have very few complaints about his trades. Um, it, so, and, and like I like I said, I'm not expecting the moon for James Paxton. These teams aren't, you know, they're not stupid. They know he's got injury concerns, but you got to prey on those hopeful, maybe this is it. A team like the Phillies who haven't won since 2008 or a team like the Rangers who have never won. Uh, the Orioles, I know they're in the division, but we've traded with them before. So Toronto, Noah. You know, love that trade. Yeah, it's a hell of a trade. Things happen. I, I don't. I, I'm not expecting a ton, but something useful, better than letting him walk. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy Agreed. to think that in a mediocre farm system, you get two guys in a team's like eight to twenty range, getting like a twelve and fifteen prospect back from an organization. I don't think that's crazy at all. I don't think so. I and think as that's... long as they're not like rule, I I just would prioritize guys. Because we're about, I mean, we had it last year. We had a bunch of guys Rule 5 eligible. They didn't cut it down, and they lost a couple of them yes. for nothing. I would prioritize younger, high upside guys in the lower minors. And, like, teams don't value that as much. Like, that's why the Red Sox had had trouble trading this offseason because teams didn't want – teams wanted big league ready guys. Personally, I don't think the Red Sox should prioritize that. Like, the Sox have good, solid depth. They just – they lack – they lack an upper tier arm and they lack an upper tier bat. Like those two things, if you if you put them on this team, like they would be really good. Like there's so many teams that like the like the Padres. We always talk about the Padres. They've got the stars, but then they've got nothing below that. It's like we're yeah, the anti Padres. There is no there is no so, team that has won the World Series in recent memory that has not had a very well built homegrown core, or at least part of their core, homegrown. Best example, look at the friggin' Astros. They were awful for years. And yeah. now they're just a yeah. machine. Every year they got someone new. Who like it, it's insane. Last year, Jeremy Pena. This year, Hunter Brown. Every year they've got a new stud. Like it's just ridiculous. So as much as it sucks to be in another bridge year, this is what you have to do if you want to be a perennial contender, unless you're okay with the uh peaks and valleys that the Red Sox have been doing since two thousand seven, pretty much, where they're 
best team in the league. And then they are completely unwatchable for two years and then they're great again. And then you can't watch them for two years. And I don't think the Red Sox front office likes that. I don't think viewership is great when that happens. So if you want to be a consistent contender, you need to be homegrown. And if it's not homegrown, young guys coming through your system that you acquired somehow, just you can't buy a team anymore. It's not the time where the Yankees are the only team with money and they can buy everyone good. Exactly. So you've got to build it. Go Sox. Go Sox. I feel like that's a perfect way to end it. Great cap Go on Sox, that. fellas. Um, Sorry for this get a couple wins episode. I've yeah. granted like three yeah. times. I'm just I'm emotional. No, get it out. Get it out. That's <laughs> why we're here. We're support group. But just Red Sox go games, on. Please. They're going to be playing please. Cleveland. The next three games will... Cleveland's we'll not that good. They can't know. hit. That's they can't hit. Out. And uh, Naylor's hurt and Bell is hurt. So their weak lineup is the weakest it's been all year. And that means they're going to score 10 runs against the Red Sox tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Gonzalez Chris is going Murphy, to a night. He's going to look like playoff Chris Gonzalez. Murphy, big Chris league Murphy debut. Striking coming. 14 guys. Four innings. Four, four innings, four That's like walks, me predicting no the Red Sox would be in second place in the AL. Did you predict that? What a bonehead. Yeah, I said to Gordo that at, I believe it was Gordo. Was it just me and you? That we're cooking. I said the Red Sox by the end of June would be in second place. I think you guys were here for that. I, yeah, because we were laying out the the whole month of June. And I was like, oh, they're gonna cook. Oh yes. yeah, not I my remember best that. moment. Not my best. I mean, yeah, there's still time, that. Coop. No, there's still time. Don't do this to me. <laughs> don't. All right. No. On that note, we'll there's catch no you next time. time. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerd. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.